0: welcome Welcome back back to to a spice Spice of Life.
1: life a podcast all about the movies tv shows and animes that shape us into the worthy human beings that we are today
0: i'm your host elijah jabroni rodriguez
1: and i'm also your host kim kimbo slice carrillo
0: today we'll be talking about the 2012 hit movie her starring joaquin phoenix and scarlett johansson let's get started All right, so we are going to be reviewing Her, uh, released on December 18th, 2013, directed by Spike Jones. Uh, Received an 8 out of 10 by MDB. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a certified fresh score of 94%, and Metacritic gave it a 91%. The movie uh, stars Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, and Rooney Mara.
1: Also Amy Adams and Chris Pratt. So it was like an ensemble cast for this movie
0: it definitely has some big names well big names now yes but i i just for one i was surprised to see chris pratt pratt pratt, pratt yeah
1: you know, as a receptionist
0: like probably one of the most open-minded receptionists in the whole movie yeah. or open-minded person yes. in the whole movie yeah um uh, also if you have not seen her yet which i don't get why because it's been out for almost 10 years now
1: very true 10 years now um you should definitely go watch it. It is a cinematic masterpiece.
0: Yes, I will agree with that.
1: And also, of note, is that this was Jones's screenwriting debut, and it actually won um, Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars that year.
0: De- definitely an interesting piece. I, I will say it is um, one of the weirdest films. I've ever seen, but it still holds the title of a cinematic masterpiece.
1: I like that it was kind of like a pastel dystopia.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely a good, <clears throat> and like you said, I think we were talking about it earlier today, that it's it set in twenty twenty nine, yeah, twenty twenty seven, in something. the not
1: so distant future in twenty twenty nine, which as yeah. of today, as we're filming this, that's seven years from now.
0: Exactly, and I think uh, you were saying something about some AI stuff.
1: Yeah. So earlier this year, actually, there is a there's a Google engineer by the name of Blake Limon Lemon. I don't know how to say. Limon. Limon. (laughs) And he actually came out and said that Google's AI, which is known as the Lambda, um, which stands for the language model for dialogue applications. Apparently, this is Google's system that creates like all the chat bots that you Mm -hmm. see. So anyway, he was chatting with this AI bot. And he realized that it was sentient. He said if he didn't know better, it sounded like, or it seemed like he was talking to like a seven-year-old with a very advanced knowledge of physics. Um, so he came to Google with these reports and they kind of turned him away. You know, they said, oh, that's just the glitch. Like nothing happened. Mm. Exactly. So they put him on admin leave. He's still getting that check though.
0: Of course he is. Of
1: course he is. And I don't know, I think it's kind of like a cover-up, but that tells you that even in 2022, I mean, who knows, maybe in 2029, like, this could very well happen um, as the events unfold in her.
0: I mean, it, it definitely seems like it's going to be here earlier than we know it, because, yeah. like, we hear about all this AI stuff and all that. Constantly. Even throughout the movie, like, it's this, like, friend that you get. Yes. And it's, it could be anybody you want. And in the movie... Um, Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Theodore Thrimby, he um he's very hesitant with it because, yeah. which honestly, like I would be too, because yeah. why why would I want to be having a an AI companion? Like it just didn't what w- didn't make sense to me. Also,
1: like, how would you feel if Siri was your best friend? Yeah, and that this is all yeah. you talk to. I don't know. Like, did you get the sense? So, first of all, I, I want to say that just in my viewpoint, Theodore. Um, He seems like a very lonely guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's actually just going through the divorce with his wife, Catherine, which is played by Rooney Mara. Um, And, you know, he's just kind of looking for somebody to listen to him, Mm -hmm. somebody that he can open up to. Because to me, it almost feels like, yeah, he has these friends that he hangs out with, like his neighbor, Amy, who played by Amy Adams, yeah, and apparently they hooked up back in the college days. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like almost those relationships were kind of like on a superficial level. So maybe he wanted yeah, somebody like
0: to- that. like even with the music choice for, for his relationships with his friends, like it didn't seem right and it just it didn't seem like that warm feeling that you get when you're always with friends.
1: Yeah.
0: And like uh you get this it's a little awkward. Yeah it's a little awkward and you get this scene where he's very lonely, obviously, and yeah. he's apparently in this future, dystopian future, you are on like phone calls, like basically like phone sex, but it's like you're you're doing some weird stuff. And like you see Theodore doing this with some random chick. Yeah. Who also happened to be Kristen Wig that he was having this phone sex with. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. I, I I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, like who would have thought that, that would have been Kristen Wick. Wait, so
1: girl with the choke me with the dead cat. Yeah, that was choke Kristen me with Wick. the dead cat. Oh my yes.
0: gosh. So it's if you've seen the movie, this scene like as soon as it's I ridiculous. saw it. As soon as I saw it, I literally paused it and I was like, why do why should I even continue? Because it's like this girl just said choke me with the dead cat yeah. and Theodore's just like, All right, I'm turned off now.
1: Like, it, it was it was <laughs> probably the weirdest scene in the movie, for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, because I mean, th- this movie itself has a few weird scenes, yeah. but this one just tops it off with, with, with that, and I, I just thought it was like, leave it to Spike Jones. A weirdo in himself to just do that
1: well yeah and also you know going back to that spike jones like he's also directed a few other things and one of them is where the wild things are mm-hmm. um and then he actually started his directing career by um doing big bean john malkovich and then he also co-created slash co-produced jackass
0: yeah it makes sense he's, so he's part of that go... weird gang like... yeah
1: so how do you go from producing jackass to making her like, these are two opposite sides like of the spectrum. Like, just doing
0: some fucked up stunts to making an Oscar-worthy movie yes. that's won an Oscar. Yeah. Like, I, I just, it's very weird. Like, it just shows you that you can literally do anything in Hollywood. Yes. So, it's very weird. Um, why don't we talk about those weird scenes? Yeah. Or, or not, not weird scenes, when we meet Samantha. Yes. The AI played by Scarlett Johansson. Whoopsie, someone just got a call Sorry about that Someone uh, someone decided to get a phone call
1: I'm so sorry I'm so sorry, y'all
0: This girl said, oh, we need to silence our phones Because we don't want to get no phone calls In the middle of our podcast and No notifications do? No notifications. But look at her, you know, breaking the rules That she makes And it was on the table Messing with our, our audio
1: So sorry about that, y'all All So right. let's talk about Samantha
0: Yes, Samantha, played by the amazing Scarlett Johansson, which is awesome because you don't even see her face. No, at all. At all. It's just and her voice. You just I think I wrote here, uh, Samantha, the AI voice or AI computer system. Um, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. She gave Samantha a voice, and honestly, you can kind of see like she also gave her a body. Yes. Like, it made it seem like she was her own person and it's just amazing because you just got the raw emotion and the character development of Samantha just from uh, Scarlett Johansson's voice. Yeah.
1: So that's a testament to ScarJo's acting abilities. I mean, she didn't have to be there in person. You didn't have to see the emotions on her face. Like, everything was conveyed so beautifully with just her voice alone. Um, so one of the things that I was wondering is, do you think that the operating systems what Samantha is, do you think that as soon as that they're installed in their like computer, or whatever it is that they downloaded um, this operating system on. Do you think that's when they're like quote unquote born,
0: or how do you I, feel? I, I, I want to say yes because like the conversations that Samantha had with Theodore, it yeah. just seemed like she was just born. She didn't know what to feel or anything, and it just felt like because she was an AI. And kind of like how this like sentient Google AI, she just grew too much. Yes. And like, honestly, she was growing with Theodore. Because Theodore was was trying to grow out of his divorce and try to become a a better person out of it and try to become this happy, um, let me just take on the world by myself person. Yeah. And she was just growing into like someone that wants to be in the real world because of like what she's experiencing through Theodore.
1: Yeah, she just wanted to um, learn more and develop more human type of emotions and (laughs) feelings. Um, One of the things and I know we're kind of jumping ahead here, guys, but, um, you know, towards the end of the film, uh, he's asking, uh, Theodore is asking Samantha, you know, like, how many other people are you talking to right now? And that number really shocked me. And I wondered... At what point did she start talking to them? Like, was she truly like this baby AI system when mm-hmm. she got installed in Theodore's system? And then she kind of developed, and then somewhere in there, she started talking to more people. So the number that she gave was actually um 8,316 people that she was talking to simultaneously. Like, she
0: was like in love with like 641 other people. Yes, like 641. 641.
1: Yeah, it's a whole aces up in there.
0: Make that ho-tific.
1: It is, yeah. Like, I mean, and you know, <clears throat> there's a scene in the film where she sends, you know, um, her and Theodore kind of having, like, this falling out moment, and um, she sends a surrogate to mm-hmm. his house, right? And that's, like, yeah. one of the
0: weirder scenes, too. It was weird. Like, um, in the movie, the surrogate loves the story of Theodore and Samantha and yeah. wants to be a part of their love story, but yeah. it's honestly really weird because, like like the surrogate is like speaking, but like not speaking. She's moving her mouth and it's Samantha talking. So it's kind of weird because like Theodore has this picture of Samantha already and it probably does not fit the the description of the surrogate. So it just leaves into this whole falling out. And then that's when you find out about the like 8,000 other people that she's talking to. And it's just it's So that crazy. leads me
1: to think, is she sending surrogates to the 641 people that she's in love with, too? Like, was there a surrogate at other people's houses while she was sending one to Theodore?
0: I, I have a feeling, yeah, because, like, she was always out and about. Like, like what is she doing when Theodore is working? Because Theodore is working, and he doesn't talk to her at all until he's out of, out of work. Basically.
1: She's talking to other people. She's talking to That's other people. That's what
0: she's doing. And I thought it was weird that she said that she was talking to 8,000 other people. Because if you saw, Amy got an AI operating system as well. Yeah. But it was also a girl, but yes. it was not Samantha. And it didn't sound like Samantha. It was someone else. Yeah. So it's like, could that be Samantha changing her voice into something else? Oh, like,
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I. So, yeah, I mean, could it have been her as well? just a different voice suiting to what maybe she thought Amy would have wanted to hear. Like, mm-hmm. that's also the perception that I got from this film. Like, is she tailoring her personality, quote unquote, if you could call it that, her voice, her mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Is she tailoring that to the person
0: that she's talking to and developing
1: it that way? I almost, that isn't love. I don't think.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's just a, uh, I, I feel like it's the AI's way of trying to study the humans. I don't know. I'm always going in a dark direction with like messages from Mm -hmm. movies. But it seems like, let me study how these humans feel. And then I'll learn how to like take over them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of what they did towards the end too. Because she had like totally forgotten about the humans and goes and joins forces with the other OSs. Yeah.
0: And like, that's crazy. You got to, like, apparently she was talking to some guy from like the past. I don't know. Like, some famous writer. The philosopher. I think he's a philosopher. Yeah, it was, like, the philosopher. And it's, like, what the heck? Like, how is that even possible? Like, it, it just made it made no sense. It's very
1: weird <clears throat> because they got that from his writings. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, like, used that to formulate this OS that was like him. Mm-hmm. But, if, I mean, it wasn't him because it's, it like, was, yeah. what is being sentient? I mean, you know, it's, like, can this AI, like, an AI can't be, like, a human being. A human being has, like, a soul and that's something else that makes yeah. us who we are. So an AI can only mimic other – you know what I mean? Like it can only yeah. mimic, mimic a human being. So I feel like those thoughts and the ideas and all of that, like she was kind of maybe like compiling it from the thousands of people that she was talking to yeah. and kind of like developing her own personality in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we saw.
0: Yeah. And like it's it's just amazing because like there, I feel like there was – a turn in like or a shift in her character mm. after that like falling out with the surrogate yeah and it's like maybe that's where she's getting like her emotions that came after that yeah were different because she was probably talking to those eight thousand other people and like she wanted to just be human yeah and i think that's what made her different yes because i feel like the other AIs were just like oh yeah no
1: living their best life being living best series. life we're
0: just siri but Samantha, like I think she she really did love Theodore, but she didn't understand that loving like like humans, we we can love multiple people, but we have just that one yeah, person. That one person and that we so really like. She didn't with. I don't think she understood that, which I think was definitely a big learning experience for Samantha.
1: I think that's what sets you apart though. Like I mean from, from the, the AI. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she doesn't understand that mm-hmm. little complex emotion right there. Yeah. Um, that's not something that she's grasped yet.
0: Yeah, and like good job on Joaquin Phoenix because as soon as we find we as soon as we the audience found out, I don't know how you felt, I was just like, What the fuck? I was horrified. Like, that that's horrible. Yeah. And like he took it like that. Yeah. As Theodore. Theodore was like pissed, like, what the hell? Like- I
1: mean, it was like a real relationship. Like if mm-hmm. he had been with like his human girlfriend and had found out that she was talking to all these people and possibly like sleeping with them. I mean, he reacted in a very similar way as to how I think, you know, some like an, a significant other would react in that type of situation.
0: Yeah. And it's just uh it, it's definitely weird seeing like how there's multiple relationships happening at the same time as Theodore's that Once you find out this news, you're like, dang, that means everybody else is, like, going through that, too, but they don't know it yet. Yeah. And.
1: It was eventually going to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think it was, um, it was definitely something to see how a lot of people didn't um, accept the AIs. Yeah. And all that. Because, like, he was going through the divorce. He finally signed the divorce papers. And, like, he tells his ex-wife, like, hey, I'm seeing someone. It's an OS system. And she just completely flips out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think she flipped out because I I believe that in their relationship, the way that it was portrayed in the film was that she never got like that connection from him Mm -hmm. that he wanted. Like he had this idea of her. And when she had like these real like human emotions of, you know, she's upset about like her job or she's not having a good day or whatever the case might be, Mm -hmm. he kind of didn't, you know really connect in that sense yeah and so i think that's what she was upset
0: about that yeah and i also think like he likes samantha a little bit more because she's like more accepting of what he's like been through yeah like she, well because uh, she's, well, yeah, she, she's a Syrian. well yeah she's a Syrian. and obviously she's just trying to like you know be a human. Yeah. But, like, with the ex-wife, you can tell from the flashbacks that, like, she – every time he brought something up, she would just, like, brush it away. Yeah. And every time he would bring it up to Samantha, she would be like, oh, that's so cool and all that. And it just shows, like, the different the different ways, like, a relationship could could go. Yeah. And it just shows that he's, like, torn because, one, he's married to this girl who he really loves a lot and she's human. Yeah. And, two, like, this girl is amazing. But she's not real.
1: Yeah, she's not real. And and then to that point, I also thought, you know, it's kind of like he has this expectation of what people should be like in his life. So with his wife, he had this idea of her. And I feel like he almost did that, too, with Samantha. Like, he had this idea of, you know, who she could be. And it's like whatever he imagined her to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really his own his own doing. But I also thought it was kind of funny backtracking to the beginning of the film um, that he had commitment issues. Yeah. I mean, this is Syria, and He did not want to solidify that commitment. Yeah. I
0: just... And like, honestly, I don't even remember what the turning point was for him because like, it was like night... I think it was with his niece's birthday party where he was like, oh yeah, my girlfriend Samantha. And that's when I was like, oh, so it just went from you know, completely. Yeah, you know in AI. no commit, man. Yeah, no, like, let's I'm not, not talk about like, that. We don't want anything serious, yeah. but you know what? I'm gonna let my girlfriend Samantha the AI O S system by my niece. Yeah. Like that yeah. got
1: serious real quick. Mm-hmm. So going back to that time period in the film, let's talk about Olivia Wilde's character.
0: Oh, interesting character. Um, so in the movie, like Theodore is going on a blind date. And Samantha, this is when he barely met Samantha, and Samantha's like, oh yeah, like, go go on your date, hope you have fun. They go on this date, and Joaquin Phoenix just like, ah, oh, it's just amazing, the motion that him and Olivia Wilde had. Like, it's very weird, it was a very weird date. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, like, it, was it was awkward. It was very awkward. They were just like feeding off of each other's like... Um, loneliness? Loneliness, and like, their bad moments in life like she was feeding off of his divorce and he was feeding off of like i think her husband passed away or something
1: yeah and then like just bad dates in general them talking about how
0: yeah and apparently that was like getting them off and like and they were getting drunk and they were getting drunk and then like olivia Wilde sticks her hand down his pants and basically was like i don't want this to be just about sex And I'm like, well, girl, you have his schlong in your hand. Yeah, that's not gonna first date. First date. We've only been
1: here for a couple of hours. Yeah,
0: you guys are literally just just met each other, got drunk, and you're about to like do it with you know Walking Phoenix. Which I mean, I mean, I would not object to this. Yeah. So it's like. (laughs) Why are you just going to tell him straight up like right before you're doing stuff to him like yeah like oh, I just want something serious.
1: And then she's like are you going to call me back? Yeah. How long is it going to take it, you to call me back? Exactly. I don't
0: know. It's like <laughs> come on girl like And
1: like- then that hesitation, you know, he hesitated cuz mm-hmm. of course like he's just having a good time. Mm-hmm. His friends set him up on a blind date, yeah. you know. It went relatively well if you can call it that and now yeah. all of a sudden this girl's like she's game, she's DTF. And, you know, he was like, yeah, we're doing this. And then she asked that and it kind of like soured the whole thing.
0: Yeah. As soon as she asked that, I was like. I mean, he hesitated
1: for two seconds.
0: Yeah. Didn't even give him time to explain what he wanted. Or
1: like lie about it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that hesitation. She gets so mad. And then she makes that rude comment. And she's like, you're just a creepy dude.
0: Yeah. You're just a creepy dude. And I felt so bad. For Theodore I was I like damn it like my man is sad yeah like now he's even more sad and he's even more lonely and lo and behold he just of- wanted to feel wanted yes
1: and he just you know like it was just a fun thing just he mm-hmm. didn't even want to do it in the first place but he was like fuck it and that just kind of like ruined his
0: whole self-esteem at that point I think yeah and then like self-esteem was definitely like a big thing yeah in the movie and I think the overall story and like message of the film i don't know what what you thought yeah um but in my eyes the message of this movie was self discovery yeah because i feel like theodore didn't know what he wanted and at the end you got to see what he wanted yeah. and that was amy the whole time yes so yeah. it's like like she was there the whole time she was in a relationship she didn't look happy yeah And she left, he left his relationship, and now they're both, like, with AI systems and, like, on these, you know, excursions with them. Yeah. And then finally, when all the AIs leave at the end of the movie, they only have each other.
1: Exactly. And so
0: he's like, this is where I want to be. This is the man I am, and this is who I want to be that man with.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a whole journey of growth. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree. I mean, I think Amy was, I mean, throughout the whole movie, when I would see their interactions, Mm -hmm. I mean, at first I wasn't too sure if anything had gone on, but then Samantha asked him if anything happened between him and Amy. And he was like, oh yeah, like back in college, but it just wasn't the right time. And, you know, but timing is everything. I think he had to go through being in this relationship, going Mm -hmm. through this really painful divorce um, which there's a scene in there that he says, you know, he was talking to Samantha about his divorce. And I think that's really what brought them close mm-hmm. is that he was being vulnerable with someone. I don't think he had talked to anyone
0: about how he really felt. Yeah. About his like, like even with Amy, she didn't even know, like no. she was trying to get him to talk and he didn't talk at all. And then literally yeah. right when Samantha asks, he just spills everything.
1: And that's what he mentioned to Samantha later on in the film, that that's a problem that he had with Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that he would, that he would, you know, he'd be acting like something was wrong. She would ask him, is something wrong? And he would shut down Mm -hmm. versus actually being vulnerable and talking about things. And that's something that he grew out of with Samantha. And I think it's because that, That first thought that he had was, well, this is an AI system. This isn't a Mm -hmm. human being that's going to judge me. I think that plays a huge part in it, too. Yes. He didn't think that Samantha would judge him because she's not a person.
0: So she doesn't have the feeling of judgment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, this is not somebody that he sees, another human being that has all these, like, internal thoughts and, like, friendships. And they're talking shit, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that was a that was a huge part into why he felt so comfortable with her because it was like a no judgment zone. Yeah. And so there's a scene where he tells, um, he tells Samantha that when he's, you know, he's talking about how hard it is to go through this divorce. He says, I find myself having conversations in my head with her rehashing old arguments, defending myself. And I connected with that so hard because I think about how past relationships haunt you Mm -hmm. and you kind of play them over in your mind and you're having, like, you're going through those conversations. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could be like friendships or even family. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I I just felt that like he was in a, that was all in his head the whole time. He's going through the motions. He's just existing. I don't think he was living Mm -mm. for a couple of years there. No,
0: he wasn't. He was just... Like, going with the flow. Yeah. Without even, like, caring about what happens to him.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he was just going through it, and all of that one is in his mind, and I think Samantha really helped him work through his thoughts Mm -hmm. and his feelings at a pace that he was comfortable with, because, of course, he's the one that said it.
0: Yeah. And, and like, it, it definitely shows, like, it shows, well, one, the weirdness of this movie, but it also shows what a masterpiece it is because it's like through all that weirdness you see this like flower that's blooming from Theodore and then you're like holy crap like whatever I want to be has got to be through me like I don't need someone else like I need to focus on myself first yes and and that's just what Spike Jones I think wanted us to see
1: I think that was captured beautifully exactly what you said um it's a movie about self-growth and how important it is to find yourself and like discover your needs and wants and then you know if you find someone out there then i mean that's cool but like now you've become comfortable with yourself and who you are be comfortable
0: with yourself and like i guess he um i guess he kind of theodore changed himself for wasn't her name caroline yeah caroline and what he was himself with samantha yeah, <clears throat> and even a lot of people notice that, like you're happier now. Yeah, you're a glow
1: about him. Yeah, yeah, a
0: glow, and it's just it just shows you that, like you do have that joy no matter where you're at. And I think a lot of a lot of the emotions and themes that we see throughout the movie also hits us hard with the music.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the music. I think Arcade Fire is your favorite band, right? It
0: is my favorite band, and what a great band! to put like with a movie because like I listened to the whole album twice before we started this podcast and it just feels like you're in a dystopian future. Like I was out doing chores and all that stuff and I'm listening to this and I'm like, dang, it, it feels like it's not right now. Yeah. Like even though this album has been out for like nine years, you still get the sense that it's from the future. There's no lyrics, nothing whatsoever. It's just instruments and you get some songs from their albums which just have beats and all that and it's it's clearly an amazing story through music because it has different songs like one called divorce papers which is played while theodore is signing the divorce papers and you can just feel the emotion through like the piano and then you have the popular song called song on the beach
1: Yes, you know the one that oh. Samantha
0: wrote for Theodore. Yes, which makes me think: Did she write it for other people too?
1: Oh, probably. She was <laughs> writing songs for everybody.
0: And so I was just like, "Wow!" But this song on the beach is is beautiful. I, I really like it. It's probably up there with one of my favorite Arcade Fire songs now wow. because it's like there's no lyrics, which I I like that because it's just all the instruments and you can just you feel the emotion that that's yeah. what i like about arcade fire through all their music you feel the emotion through their lyrics through their music and like all the instruments and stuff the
1: instrumental yeah stuff. the
0: instrumentals <laughs> and you can tell that it was done by arcade fire because throughout their albums you get like um like in their recent album lightning one and two you get sprawl one and sprawl two like two different sets of songs and here you have milk and honey 1 milk and honey 2 uh loneliness number 3 loneliness number 4 like you know it it just shows all the emotions of theodore like sleepwalker he's a sleepwalker loneliness he's very lonely and then we get the last song which is dimensions which throws us into like the end of the movie and yeah. it's just a great like recap of everything that we've been through in this movie
1: yeah And I just feel that, I mean, this is great storytelling, finding the perfect music to go along with it. Um, And then just all the themes. I mean, look at the things that it made us think about after the fact. You know, this is how you know. This is artfully told.
0: And I think, in a way, it was kind of like, um, I want to say a vision of what our our future can be. Because this is not like one of those movies that it's like, an apocalyptic movie where like obviously like zombies are going to be taking over the world or Or the moon's falling or the moon's falling um but this seems like it can actually come true like can you see yourself in a relationship in seven years with a computer or with like an inanimate object
1: i don't know that i could i mean i can see that happening but i don't know that i personally could I don't know, but you get to talk to them whenever you want. That's true. I mean, that's kind of
0: cool. That that is cool. I, I like that.
1: But it was like on your. It's like on your own terms, right? Like it's not like somebody's being annoying and like calling you nonstop or yeah. texting you. Oh know. wait, it's... she did call him. She
0: did call him. She did. She did call him. That's also probably why he was like, "Oh man, she's calling me." Yeah. Like, ah, oh, dang it. I don't know. I still can't get past the fact that she has eight thousand other people that she's talking to. Was
1: she calling them too?
0: At the same time.
1: At the same time, texting them probably. What a hoe! I just remembered that. I just, I was, I was about to say, you know, like, oh, it's a, like kind of like a relationship on your own terms, I guess. Like yeah. you make the phone calls whenever you feel like talking, or you text, and then Siri's responding to you, you know, however mm-hmm. you want, and you can take the conversation however you want. Yeah. But no, I distinctly remember her calling him.
0: That's crazy. And then like. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we're already, we're already kind of there yeah. with like falling in love with like inanimate objects.
1: Yeah, I mean, so funny that you bring that up. So actually, in Florida, there's a woman by the name of Linda Ducharme who fell in love with many years ago as a carny. Uh, she was working in the carnival, whatever, and she found a Ferris whale and fell in love with it. His Ooh. name is Bruce, by the way.
0: Bruce the Ferris wheel.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a name for it. It's like, um, objectum something or other. And it's where people, like, fall in love or have, like, aromantic or sexualized feelings towards objects. And so she came across this Ferris wheel. He was in perfect working order back then, by the way. Um, she fell in love with him. And then I guess she quit her job as a carny or, like, I don't know what happened. But she left and... And for 10 years, she searched for Bruce the Ferris wheel. And she found him, like, at a scrapyard. And fortunately, he was still kind of, like, put together. She bought him. Oh, my God. And started repairing him. And then she got married to him. And by the way, guys, um, I I don't know. But, like, at the time, I guess, that she married him, um, same-sex marriages weren't legal in Florida. However, it was perfectly legal to marry an object.
0: Ain't that something?
1: That is something. Uh. And so, yeah, so she's married to this Ferris wheel. I don't know. I think Stranger Things can happen.
0: Yeah, it, it, it can. And I think the word you were talking about, I just Googled it.
1: Oh, yeah, tell me.
0: Objectum Sexuality.
1: Wow, okay. That
0: sounds that's, <laughs> that sounds weird. But what's funny is that the acronym is OS.
1: <gasps> OS?
0: Coincidence? I think, I think not. not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just so you know I was so she was on my strange addiction right which Mm -hmm. by the way I love that show and I'm obsessed with it and I guess maybe that's my strange addiction I don't know but (laughs) she's she's on this show and she's talking about how her relationship with this Ferris wheel is not that different from when it would be with a human being so she like has sex with the Ferris wheel. I don't know how that's oh possible. Well, I mean I don't that's know like how that's possible. it is like
0: the movie. I mean, apparently, yeah. like Samantha and Theo were having sex with each other, but it's like very weird. Like they were just like talking to each other. Like it, it's just like dirty talk. It was dirty talk, but she was saying that she felt it.
1: Yeah. And so so that, I was just like,
0: what the heck? Like, how okay, so
1: that part to me was strange. Now that you bring that up, yeah, that was actually after he went on the date with Olivia Wilde, right? Yeah. Okay, so that same evening he goes home, sexual things happen with Samantha, and she starts saying, like, oh, I can feel you everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. was that real? Was she just, like, visualizing the experience? I, I don't, don't know.
0: know. I think it was just, maybe it was someone pushing her keyboards.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they are pushing her buttons. <laughs> I
0: said keyboard. Her buttons. keyboards. She <laughs> has
1: multiple keyboards. Oh, yeah, eight thousand, right? <laughs> there are eight thousand people simultaneously pushing her keyboards.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, all in all, great movie, great story, great acting. Yeah, incredible movie, and I can't believe it took me nine years to watch it.
1: I can't believe it took you nine years to watch it. Are you? When did you watch it?
0: Um, a couple weeks ago. <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. So I actually watched it when it first came out in theaters. And I have to say that um, you know, when you brought up doing this episode where we talk about this movie, I was like, oh yeah, like I'll watch it again. I have to say that I didn't even remember that Rooney Mara was in it or Amy Adams or Chris it. Patton. Yeah. yeah, I just remember like, oh yeah, Scar Jo's like a computer and Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with her. Yeah. That was my synopsis of it. <laughs> and I honestly can't remember. Like I, I just, I remember being in the theater. I remember Super Symmetry. The song from Arcade, from Arcade Fire. Fire yes. Yeah. But I was like drunk that night. So I didn't remember any other <laughs> scenes. So I don't know what else was going on. I mean,
0: Arcade Fire would do that
1: to you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot everything. So I when I rewatched it, I was like, oh wow, like there's so much that happens in this movie. But yeah, like if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. If any, I mean, it is weird. There's a lot of weird scenes, but it is extremely masterfully done.
0: Yes, cinematic masterpiece by Kim's uh opinion. Yeah. And it uh it definitely deserves all the the praise that it got. Um it was on Netflix. It was on
1: Netflix. It got removed literally yesterday. June 30th was the last day. Yeah. Um I do think that it was Joaquin Phoenix's more subliminal performances.
0: Yes. It definitely is one that you know him should know him for. Yeah. Um and it's definitely a uh, Definitely something that we recommend to all of you. It is $3 to rent on Amazon video.
1: We checked. We wanted to watch
0: it again. Yes, we wanted to watch it again, and it's $3. So um, with that, I believe that's the end of this Yeah, this I think episode. that's the end
1: of it. Um, I hope you guys liked it, listened to us um you know definitely give us some suggestions for the next episodes
0: yes uh you can find us both on instagram mine is mr e1000 spelled m-y-s-t-e-r underscore e underscore 1000
1: mine is just soy sauce kim
0: much more simpler than mine i had to be different
1: Yeah, it was it was a little hard
0: finding you. (laughs) And uh, you can find us on Spotify, and you can find us on the Anchor app, and even Amazon Amazon Music. Music. Yeah. So with that, that is the end of a spice of life.
1: Spice of life. Bye, guys.